Welcome to episode 795 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 795 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Oz, take two. Take two. We you had, the you had a question for me. We, I walked into your garage this morning and I thought, what's that little wafty smell in there? And it was uh, a couple of big containers of uh, stain. And I thought, Bevan, we need to paint your deck again. Yeah, and, and I was just and telling John, it's not about the, the the deck. The deck's fine. We did the deck in the last lockdown. You only did it every two years. But our house has a lot of cedar, which is, would you get cedar overseas? Yeah, I assume. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, and it's a really nice wood on the outside of the house, but you have to you have to stain it every year, otherwise it starts to look pretty ugly. Um, and we had a COVID case turn up in Christchurch last week, and everyone thought we are going to lock down. Mm. And so I'm like, Get to the shop. Joe went to the shop when we got the cedar because we thought, well, if we're going to be stuck at home for a few days, let's get the cedar done. And we didn't get locked down. Didn't need to stain your deck. The reason I brought that up is I know the Aussies always laugh at us because when we say stain the deck, it sounds like we're going to be doing no, something I love else. Staining my deck. I tell you, love there you it. Go. Love staining the deck. I'm talking is proudly brought to you by our fantastic patrons. And we've got Tim the Breaker Hemming. Because he breaks the news. indeed. Michael, don't back down, backer. And then we've got the fast mofo, Florian Haig. Uh, hi, guys, should say. Um, and this week's we've got news, we've got Hot Topic of the Week, we've got more Epic Camp interviews. We have, and we've got a wanger of the week and questions and answers, and that's about us. And there's not a lot, a lot of news. We did a few 70.3s over the last few weeks. Yeah, we did. Uh, Portugal. We had one in Portugal, and there was an iron distance race over there for age groupers. Um, so, oh, I don't know if I can get this one out. Marjolaine, Marjolaine Perry from France took that out, uh, 4.17. Lucy Hall was doing about her gazillionth race in uh, the last few weeks. She was down there in fifth. On the boys' side of things, um, impressive win by Magnus Ditlev. Yeah. Beat, beat out all the short course boys. Um, oh, so those are all those short course guys, Well, they? Aaron Royal's a very good short course uh, fella. He was in second place. And then, interestingly, uh, Jonathan Brownlee was only down in sixth place. Oh, he yeah. was up in... I think he was up in second or third at some stage and then faded late in the run. Um, the fastest run split of the day was Manuel Dos Santos from Brazil, ran a 110.09. So Jonathan Brownlee, you know, he was showing some awesome form in those Super League races. Um, hasn't yet shown that he can pull it together over half distance. We'll see. Pretty strong ride, ride by Magnus. Mm, he's a... And a good run. Yeah, you know, he's got the, for a big fella, he's got the full package. Now, the 70.3 California happened. Obviously, we talked quickly about this last week. The California Ironman didn't happen. Different race, so yeah, different so 7.3 happened. Uh, where, where is this, do you know? This is in Oceanside. Oh, yep. So yep. Com- California's a big state, completely different area to, to where Sacramento, where the full was supposed to take place. Paula Finlay just shows when she's on, she is not unbeatable, but bloody hell, she smoked them. Wrote a 220, which was, you know, there was somebody who wrote, Danielle Lewis wrote a 223, the other big hitters, and there are big hitters, Emma Pallant-Brown and Jenny Metzler, 426, 427. So that meant Paula Finlay only needed to run, or only ran a 121, still won by a couple of minutes in front of quality field. Emma Pallant-Brown second, Jenny Metzler third. Uh, on the boys' side of things, Ben Canute took out all the boys. Good on him um, by a couple of minutes. Uh, so yeah, good to see some racing. Still plenty more to come this season. And interestingly, um, Miranda Cuthbert, 
three, do you need? Ah, didn't even notice. Yeah. yeah. And if you look at her results, um, she did, she got fourth in 70.3 Augusta. She, Timberland in August, she got second. You know, she's one of those ones where maybe the last, she was kind of probably past her peak before COVID. Mm. Um, but, you know, this probably hurt the last moment of her career, hasn't it? Yeah, and, and she's better over iron distance than 70.3, especially at this stage of her career. She had a, she had a second baby, I'm pretty sure. So don't know that she's uh, going to get back up there. But hey, if she still enjoys racing, who are we to say, bugger off? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, this weekend coming up. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Ironman Florida. It's amazing uh, more of the California athletes than... Pop on over. It was probably full anyway. So, um, um, yeah. Pros would be able to get there. Pros would have been, yeah. yeah. But um, it's a good field. Uh, most exciting part of the race is going to be uh, see how Gustav Eden goes because he is a weapon over the 70.3 distance. Let's see if he can double it up over the full distance. And he's got a couple of uh, good athletes to go up against, Cam Worth, Arnold Gillil and Lionel Sanders. So really just looking forward to seeing how he goes. Uh it would have been such a good race to see him against um, Fredino. Uh, in this yeah. race here, you know, he's probably probably going to be in the lead pretty early in the race because, you know, Cam Worth and Lionel Sanders will be a long way back. So I guess the, the name of the game for him is try to jump on them when they come past, if they come past, and he can, you would assume he will outrun those guys as long as he doesn't run out of juice. Um, yeah, fascinated to see how he goes. Female sort of things, pretty strong field there as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very good field. Carrie Lester, uh, Sky Monsh, Sarissa Devers, Heather Jackson, Jocelyn McCauley, Lindsay Corbin, Hannah Wells. It's only her, I think it's only her second iron distance race, uh, maybe second or third. So should be good racing. Michelle Westerveen. Funnily enough, I was doing a, I was doing a podcast for my podcast this week, and there was someone in Christchurch, and so they came over and they. About an hour before I realised you had all the gear. So I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? And then luckily we had the old Zoom. Mm-hmm. And, and I did actually have two spare mics luckily, so that worked out well. Um, so I was getting the old Zoom, I pulled it out. And I had I had interviews that I'd done post-Kona. Mm-hmm. So after the race, mm. must have been about from five years ago. Mm. And we interviewed Michelle Vestavy. And she got like a fifth in Kona. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, like in, in the last part of her career, we haven't seen a lot of her. But she, for a moment there, she was... Just a contender, wasn't she? Yeah, not a contender for the win, but a, no, but yeah. like a fifth in Kona, it's solid. You'd but say her career has, didn't really match that. Mm, she, um, I'm pretty sure she's a baby as well. Is she? Yeah, lovely so, person, a lot of energy. Yeah, smiling. Uh, we've got to return to a bit of world triathlon racing this year, so we're mm. actually racing the 2022 series. This is race number two, two or three, number two, I think it is. Uh, it's heading to Abu Dhabi this weekend. I am. Pretty excited about this because we're going to see Lucy Charles rocking up in another short course race. She did exceptionally well in Leeds. Uh, this time around, it's you know, in Abu Dhabi, sprint distance. Uh, she's going to be obviously at the front coming out of the swim. Um, quite a technical little bike course. Uh, so it's just going to be, it's kind of hard to know how this is going to pan out for her. Really rock solid woman's field. Really solid. Uh, and I'm really interested to see... <laughs> How many Great Britain women get in the top ten? Because they've obviously they've almost all over there. They've got two, four, six, eight, I think it is, in the field. They could potentially have like six or seven of them in the top ten. 
so it's going to be great to see. You're also going to have um, Flora Duffy in there, so you'd sort of expect her to, to win, probably be a battle between her and Georgia Taylor-Brown. But yeah, it'll just be interesting to see if, if Lucy Charles can stay with the leaders coming out of the... Uh, going onto the bike and stick with them and not get dropped like she did in Super League. And if she does, you know, she can match plenty of them on the run. So it should be great. On the boys' side of things, um, Hayden Wilde is going to be the man to beat. Um, there's a few other good guys there, but he's you know, definitely, I would say, the, the one to beat, along with uh, Vincent Louis. So at this stage of the year, you're not getting everyone there? No, not everyone is there. Um, but still a good, strong field. The women's side, especially strong. Just must be so hard for these athletes that in an Olympic year, yeah. they're still going in November and they would have started racing in probably why? May time. Why, why are they making it so long? Well, I know they're, 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 normally stuff, they're done by now, so they're catching up for races that have been missed. Oh, so okay. this is not the norm. Normally Abu Dhabi is in around March time uh, or maybe into April. Um, so that's the reason why it's and just And when an does idea. the season kick off next year? That's a good so question. So is this the last race of the year? Uh, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, let me just pull that up for you, Bevan. Triathlon.org. So get get on and get your um, Triathlon Live subscription rolling because it should be good racing. So we've got, this is the last race of the season and they don't have the 2022, 2022 dates. And uh, I think then we'll be off in May. Yokohama in May, Leeds oh, so in June, Montreal. Maybe those ones, they've already been. God, I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, it's a crazy world we live in. It is. Uh, this week's discussion didn't get put up, so we, get, we can't have the discussion. <laughs> so the discussion was, well, let's talk about it. What, what have you given up for triathlon? And this guy, who was it who sent this through? It was Neil Lord Flashheart Thompson. And he was saying he basically is thinking about giving up mountain biking because it's just the excellence he's had, the experiences he's had around it. What have you given up for triathlon, John? Oh, we'll do this. Should we do this this week? I know I, you've put one in there. Oh, well, I just put one in there because you hadn't done we'll, it. But we'll, we'll save okay, one. Okay, we'll save this, this week. next week. Okay. So the question is, what have you given up for triathlon? If you could, if it, it could be mountain biking, so you don't get hurt or crash or or hurt yourself. Other sports that don't make time for anything other than some, or something completely different. So it could be like you've given up a partner <laughs> for triathlon. I imagine a lot of that happened. I think. Or maybe the partner's given you up because of triathlon. Yes. It's probably a better way of looking at it. Okay, we've got some epic camp interviews. So let's talk about what happened with the rest of the epic camp first. Yes, so last time you heard from me last week, we were in a place called... pouring. Yeah, well, we were leaving Cromwell, um, which is in central Otago, uh, pretty close to Queenstown for anybody who's been to New Zealand. Uh, and then we're heading to Gore. And the forecast was for a bit of hail, turned out. Just just about got away scot-free. A little bit of rain in the last couple oh, of hours. Um, spectacular riding around there. Um, yeah, so if you're looking at New Zealand, you're, you're sort of in the bottom of the, the middle bottom part of the South Island. Um, we started off going through some just awesome climbs through Clyde and Roxburgh, really picturesque. And then uh, as we got to Gore, it's a bit of a farming farming place and just big rolling rolling hills. Rain was sort of kicked in a little bit. So I think for the athletes, it was probably their least favourite um, part of the camp. And then we stayed the night in Gore. Uh, then we headed off. To, we, we did the events evening at Gore, like a, we had the 50 metre sprints in the pool. We so had you said there was going to be a new race. event, didn't you? What was the new event? Oh, I can't even remember now what the new event was. Okay, what did you do? You did 50 metre sprint in the pool? 50 metre sprints. Who won that? Heats and finals. I think Hayden Bitar won that. He was on the podcast last week. Yep. Underwater race. Uh, I think Hayden won that as well. And then we had an interregional relays. So we had Canterbury versus Wellington oh. and a few different uh, relays. 
and oh, we, we, were, we got to the pool a little bit early and they couldn't want us in COVID stuff and that. they said you just got to wait until your time, it's fine. I wanted to do the, that Sally up, Sally down, press up oh, competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did, did that on the footpath. Did anyone pool. do it? A couple of guys did. Ian Wood did it. Uh, and somebody else did. Apologies to whoever that was. Um, I used to be doing it. I haven't done it in a couple of years. I'm sure I could. I can last about a minute. It was three minutes and I think it was three minutes Bring and seven. It, it was either 3.07 or 3.37. And so if you have, don't know what we're talking about, it's a press up, a song that you basically do press ups to. But you're not just going and up it, and down. Bring Sally up. So you're either at the top or at the bottom. So you're either isometric holding at the bottom or you're getting slight recovery at the top. But, but it's a lot of down. long holds. So it's not just bottom. pressing up. It's kind of hold, press, hold. Mm. Yeah. And at the end it just goes on and on, doesn't it? And the, the ones at the end are long holds at the bottom. So that blew a few arms out. Uh, so then we're in, we left Gore, went to Tiana, which is a, just a beautiful spot. Managed to have a swim in the lake, Bevan. I was like, this, is, this ain't going to happen. But I'm, I thought, I'm putting the wetsuit on. I've got the Thermal Helix nice. from Blue 70. I had the glove, uh, the gloves on. I had the helmet on. I had one booty, lost one booty. <laughs> so in there, one foot's going to get a bit cold. I'm thinking, I'm going to jump in here and then I'm straight out. Managed, it was beautiful. I think you put a post on the gram yeah, or something. Yeah. 15, well, no, it wasn't 15. It would have been 14 degrees, maybe a little bit cooler. But swam 1,500 metres. Loving it. it Were you the only cute. one? No, a few others jumped in as well. And it's one of those lakes where there's definitely some eels in there and it's really clear water and you're swimming really close to shore because that's a bit warmer. I was like, a little bit worried. I'm going to see some <laughs> eels here. Didn't and uh, loved it. It was great. <laughs> and then the next day was going to be really the one of the queen stages of the camp. We rode from Tiana to Milford Sound. It is just the most stunning place. And this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because normally it is just cranking with tourists and buses, really narrow road, no shoulder. We hardly saw a car for the first couple of hours and even then it was just one or two. Got to ride through this tunnel called the Homer Tunnel, which is downhill, probably maybe about 10% gradient downhill. Oh, wow. Dark, wet, and the athletes rode through it. They closed the tunnel for us. Oh, really? And well, they just stopped the traffic. And not that there was any actually any traffic coming the other way, but they stopped. Who's it. they? Oh, just the, there's, a, there's a control oh, people okay. there the whole okay. time. And I was in the van. It looked pretty freaky going through there. Really? The athletes loved it. Uh, we got into Milford Sound. So if you're looking at New Zealand, that is in the bottom left-hand corner. Beautiful place. Some athletes went and did a two-hour cruise on the in the sound, and then the next day we headed to uh, from Tiana to Queenstown, the tourist mecca of New Zealand. Roads were a little bit rough, um, but stunning scenery. And then the last day, uh, I love this. The athletes. This was a massively epic challenge to finish off the camp. It was the Remarkables Triathlon. So we have a, a mountain range uh, called the Remarkables and there's a Remarkables ski field which is yep. very close to Queenstown and it's got a sealed access road that goes about three quarters of the way up. Handily enough, there's a pool pretty close to the bottom and so we did the Remarkables Tri. We swam 1,500 metres in the pool, biked up the access road which was about 3 or 4k on the flat and then uh, a 9.5k climb and then ran 3.5k's to the to the top. Uh, Tough. It was epic. So I was I did it in handicap format so I was last to go. I was doing it. I wasn't really competing because uh, you know, it wasn't fair on the athletes. Yep. Um, you were fresh. But I wanted to give it a good nudge on the climb and this is a was solid. 9.5k's an average 9.5% with a lot of of sort of 12 to probably about 17% oh, gradient. Well, okay. 
it was seriously steep. And when you've, you're on really, really tired legs, uh, <laughs> athletes were swerving all over the road. Uh, I just wanted to give the climb a really good nudge. Yeah. Did that, stoked, averaged 303 watts, took me 46 minutes, Jeez. which was pretty pretty solid for, for where I'm at, given my fitness is pretty crap. Had one of the Morton gels. You experienced the Morton gel a few weeks ago. So I did. I loved it. And Hayden said, John, you've got to try the caffeinated version. And so he gave me a caffeinated version. So I took that when I came out of the swim and bloody hell, I felt good, like really good. I exceeded expectations. Um, the athletes, whilst it was an epic challenge and it was a struggle, they loved to finish the camp on an absolute yeah, of course. beautiful scenery, but with a challenge that was very, very daunting. So who ended up taking out jerseys? Uh, well, Hamish Wall took out that race um, and in fairly convincing fashion. The jerseys, we had a change, a final day change. So Kelly Sutherland would be leading all the way through. And then one of the interviewees you're going to hear from later on, Nick Hankinson, she came out, she was just tacking on like crazy in the last three or four days and went ballistic. Uh, and she burgled it by about a point on the last oh, day. Oh, really? I was... It's highly likely that I've cocked up the points somewhere along the oh, way because no. it's when it comes down to one point, I'm like, oh god, I can't go back. I've I haven't got time to go back and check every single yeah. day. Very very close, but uh, so she Nick Hankinson took home the yellow, and then Kelly Sutherland took home the pink jersey for the leading female, and it was a shutout of the podium with Leah Barnfeld, uh, Lee Barnfeld taking out the third place. So the boys got down trout. Yeah, they got down trout. They got down to it. Okay, so we've got a few interviews coming up. Uh, we'll just kind of fly between them. We've got about six interviews with people from Epic Camp. Here they are right now. Right, day six has been and gone for most people. Uh, so last time we spoke to you guys, it was day three. Quite a bit of water under the bridge since then. And we've made our way to Tiana. Uh, today we biked in from, not we, the athletes biked in from, buddy, where did we come from today, Mike? Gore. Yeah. Right. The, the, the thriving metropolis of Gore to Tiana, and then um, we did an elimination running race, which was good fun. Um, and then a few of us jumped in the lake, which was great. And but the next guest up is Mike Hansen. He's from Ashburton. For our non-Canterbury listeners, Bevan and I live in Christchurch, and Ashburton is about an hour down the road. So we quite often see Mike uh, turning up at some of our local races. And uh, Mike, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I've said you're from Ashburton, but tell us what you do and uh, and sort of how you ended up being on camp. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just a um, butcher in Ashburton. Yeah, and so we're just um, doing a bit of Ironman racing and stuff like that. Um, we're just trying to get to go to Kona for the World Champs, but um, yeah, that got cancelled. So yeah, we've just been just trying to find events to do because everything's been getting cancelled. So we thought, yeah, John had a camp on, so I thought get into it and just a week before it was on so it came <laughs> came along so you've set a new record for that that is by far the closest anybody's ever signed up for an epic camp did you did you know what you're in for or not no not really i just know it's gonna be a lot of biking and a few different events on the days so i've never biked more than probably 200k in a day every day in a row or, or yeah. thereabouts yeah and um what's how have you sort of handled it so far? You know, you, you, you look like you've been beasting it out there and uh, doing really, really well. But um, how have you found the sort of back-to-back, back-to-back, day-after-day format? Yeah, it's not too bad. It's coming together now. The first few days is quite hard. My legs were real, real sore in the mornings, didn't want to get going. Yeah. Um, just on my TT bike. But, yeah, getting the hills were hard. But once you sort of put your mind to it and you just keep going and going and 
It's sort of comes comes better, I think. What's your strategy out there? Because the guys are saying you're ripping their legs off on the bike. Like, uh, do you just sort of ride by feel, or when, each day when you go out there, you know, like say today, for example, you know, when you got up this morning, what was sort of going through your mind when you thought, what, what's in front of you today? Yeah, there's quite a big ride today. There's 150k or something. So the guys just said, don't go too hard on the front and put three, four hundred watts up straight away. Just so <laughs> I tried to take it a wee bit easier, and um, yeah, it took a while to get going, but. Once we yeah, get going and sort of, I've got no power or anything like that on my bike and just just keep riding, eh? and I feel good, I'll go. And if I don't feel good, I'll just sit at the back and have a bit of a rest. And yeah, it's quite strange after having lunch and stuff like that. You have Coke and lollies and chips and biscuits or whatever. And then you get out half an hour after that, and you can just like blow them all apart in like just in five <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what's been some of the highlights for you so far? Yeah, no, it's really good roads we're on and just, yeah, the whole camp itself. Um, yeah, accommodation and all the people you're with, they're real, real good people and just learning lots of stuff. Mm. And what does what a, a typical week look like for you? You know, for people listening to this, you know, when, the, when you're sort of doing a, a standard week, you know, I know for you around Christmas time, which is probably sort of peak, for, for most triathletes in New Zealand, that's sort of starting to build up for their peak training time if they're doing Ironman for you, it's peak work time. What does what sort of a, a normal training week look like for you? Um, normal training week, probably up at five in the morning and do probably either now an hour running or on the spin bike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then at nights we're probably just doing our swim, but mostly probably all day Saturdays on the bike mm-hmm. and then Sunday is running, big run day. So sometimes if it's a good week, we'll get a, you know, a 40k run on the Sunday. Nice. Yeah. There that, you go. That's it. Um, and what do you, you, we've got, we're on day six now. So what have we got? Uh, seven, eight, nine, three days to go. Uh, you sort of probably have a little bit of idea on what, what's in store, but what, what are you sort of looking forward to and, and what's your sort of strategy for the next three days? Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get finished really, just just keep chipping away at it because we don't want to make it to the end really. I've never biked more than, like I said before, probably 200 k's in a week and this is going to be, <laughs> you know, 11, 1200 k's in, in six or seven days. You know, it's just going to be a lot of k's on the bike, so... Yeah. Just trying to just trying to take it off, really, eh? Yeah. yeah. And how have you found the point system? You know, there's, there's been some crazy activity out there. I think you've been doing a little bit of tacking on. You know, um, what what does the point system mean and for you? Does it does it just a bit of fun or you? Uh, yeah, the point system's just a bit of fun, really. Just a yeah, just keeps everyone a bit honest. And sort of see, some people will sneak out in the mornings and do a five or ten k run, and then if you've done 180 k on the bike, you get extra points if you do 200. So, like yesterday, we're just going into Gore and I think we're on about 180k and it's just started to pour with rain but me and a couple others said what do you think we should go to 200 and they just said yes so we just carried on biking in the rain and yeah just got drenched but it was still warm and yeah, yeah just to get the points yeah good uh today's event was uh, the elimination race uh, how did you find that so we were doing 500 meters every 500 meters we eliminated three people and it was done off a handicap system so it was quite a big spread so slowest athletes went fir- first fastest went uh went last and you were probably towards the back um how did you find that event yeah no it was, it was quite good it started off quite easy you could sort of just run into it and as long as you picked up three or four people so you didn't get eliminated and then um yeah just got harder as it got along eh? and once it got down to the fourth or fifth run i think yeah i'll just just run out of energy i think we're running sort of from my watch was saying three three forty five or three three forty which i can probably never run yeah <laughs> and i don't know how i was running that but it was just it was just happening 
Yeah, uh, the power of peer pressure. Uh, and then we jumped in the lake. So if you see, I'm going to post a picture. If you want to see what Mike looks like, I'm going to be, uh, I had a picture with Mike because he was, we were the first two to jump in the lake. Everyone was looking a bit nervous. We got in and they were, everyone was saying, what's it like? We said, it's sweet as, no problem. I don't think they believed us, but it was actually really pleasant. So swimming in Lake Tiana in October, I wasn't picking that. No, it was definitely nice, eh? Like just, just it looked real cold and dark, the, the water and stuff, but... He just jumped in and just went swimming, and it was probably warmer than swimming in a pond in Ashburn, and we um, swimming at home, just a big dairy farm pond. They store water for irrigating the paddocks, mm. and they fill that out of the Rakai River, So, and they put fresh water in there. It's just freezing, freezing. cold, and that, and that was a lot colder than the lake today. So. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. Thanks for your time, Mike. It looks great to have you here, and we look forward to seeing how you push to the limit over the next few days. Oh, thanks. What day, what day is it today? Must be day day seven today on Epic Camp. Day seven. Day seven. <coughs> and I've got last year's pink jersey winner, Nick Hankinson from Wellington. Uh, remind the listeners just a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what your sort of setup is, your home setup, job, etc., etc. Uh, yep. So I'm from Wellington, an accountant. Woo, Forty-four years old. Uh, two beautiful girls, and um, yeah, probably got into triathlon guess about six seven years ago um yeah running background running netball mm-hmm. and what's your what's your choice of drink there tonight oh yeah tonight's uh, uh my lucky last actually hazy ipa boundary road i've been carrying it around for a, <clears throat> a while since omarama i think yeah so we had a uh, lovely thai curry tonight and um the guy across the table from me graham was having a beer i thought ah i know what what will go with the um curry perfectly so hit the spot now, tell us a bit about your experiences last year uh, and going for a pink jersey and also your strategies and stuff this year, especially day one. Right, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, so last year was awesome, um, absolutely awesome, and I knew that, um, you know, this year would, would be different because it's just how it is. But unfortunately, I, um, I cramped in the, in the 5K run on the first day I think I was 14 and a half minutes bef- behind the first person, so I knew I was going to have to run pretty fast to catch up. Yeah. Um, and I got 4K in, I was running really good. And um, yeah, we'd just gone up a bit of a hill, turned around around about, gone down, and I just got intense pain in my quad. And I thought, oh, it's cramp, it'll go. And I kept running, and it didn't go. And yeah, it was just quite pol- like I actually had to stop completely. I couldn't even walk to the somewhere to stretch it out. Um, and then, unfortunately, Kylie, you know, who's the massage uh, therapist, came along and she said, are you sure it's a cramp? Are you sure you haven't pulled it? Oh, well, what's the difference between a cramp and a pull? And yeah. then for a while there, I thought I'd actually pulled it, and I, I felt fairly sorry for myself. Um, so I ended up coming in second to last, I think, yeah. on the um, on the elimina- or was it elimination or anyway, handicap, whatever. Handicap. The handicap. So I think I was around about 20 points behind on the first day <laughs> and not knowing whether I could actually use my quad or not. So that wasn't the start probably that I had planned. If I had had a you know, well-thought-out strategy, that would not have been it. So I pretty much didn't look at the, um, the points at all, to be honest, until last night. Yeah. When I was rooming with Kylie, who is actually quite evil. <laughs> she loves and all the strategies. Yeah, she does. So I don't know who um, has watched Survivor, but I mean, I, I love Survivor and Kylie loves Survivor. And so 
I had thought to myself a couple of days ago about forming in. All girls are lying. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be coming out post camp. That's what I said. This is we're going to be done and dusted by the time this comes out. Unfortunately, I hadn't implemented anything kind of um, to to build up this alliance. Um, I might have left my run a little bit late, but anyway, Kylie and I talked well into the night. We woke at five this morning and, and we talked a little bit more just about, you know, how the comeback could could look and should look and what would it involve. And um, to be honest, like I think the whole point system is um, a fairly complicated, you know, <laughs> formulas that, that maybe don't make a lot of sense, but yeah. it really motivates us to do quite ridiculous things, um, which is where the enjoyment factor, I think, for a lot of people come in. Yeah, so today was probably the best day ever after hitting the wall. And I think yesterday I was ready to go home, which mm. was a really weird feeling. I don't know why I wanted to go home. Nothing bad had happened at all, but I just thought I've had a great time and I feel like it's kind of the end of the road and, and maybe that's that's where I should go now. But, I mean, we're surrounded by fabulous people. So, yeah, like I found in my bike group, they, they kept me going got me through the day and then yeah uh, Kylie kind of lit the fire so today I ended up doing 21k run including seven by 1k efforts at my kind of fastest time I had another guy Mike the Mad Butcher they call him from Ashford yeah. and he started the first um, first and second effort with me and then he um, he quite quickly pulled off <laughs> so got straight back from the 21k run and there was a couple of blokes there ready to go into the sea, into the um, the lake, you know, the glacial melt. Yeah. And I borrowed someone's wetsuit first thing this morning, Cheryl's. Um, so, yeah, that lasted 36 minutes in the in the water because I'm quite a slow swimmer um, to do my one and a half K swim. So that's, you know, that's basically thanks to the points system yeah. encouraging you to do stupid things that probably not a great idea. Um, yeah, I think Tom, who was waiting for me, uh, coming out of the lake was warning me about the cramp and um, did quite a good illustration over dinner. So yeah, the the cramp sets in pretty well after 36 minutes in, yeah. in ice cold water. Apparently you both fell back backwards in the water. We did, yep, yep. I think I'm sure it's good for you. Yeah. Uh, Anti-inflammatory benefits. Yeah, absolutely. So the, um, yeah. You, s- you seem to be someone, you, you seem to be pretty relentless. You can push yourself day after day. When the events roll around, you're pretty much always oh. on form. There we go. Greg Jones is just Delivery taking a bike, bike off Thanks, the trailer. Greg. What a good guy. <laughs> Keep it off the ground, Greg. Don't put any... Uh, yeah, there we he go. He wants me to send me th- send him the photos that we took earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what what goes through your mind when you're, when you're in these events that really don't mean much and yeah. you know, in the big scheme of things, you're not qualified? I think that's the beauty of it. I think, the, I think the fact that they don't mean anything pushes you a little bit mm. further. I don't know, it's just the gamification... You know, um, that, that just lifts you to a, a whole nother level, and I think that's probably what I found demotivating for a while because that gamification, like I hadn't even looked at the, you know, the points, and I think um, I roomed with uh, Shane a couple of nights, and he said, uh, Nick, I've done the analysis, and if you did every single bonus point <laughs> available, you still wouldn't catch, and I, so I was like, oh, okay, oh, well, I'll just. You know, enjoy the camp for what it is, and yeah. but that's not me. And I and I'll, uh, I think that's when I want to go home. I'm like, oh, I don't want to get on the bike. So um, we've done two 210k bike days. I think one was 216 by mistake. We didn't calculate it perfectly, <laughs> and that's um that's a long day. It's you a know, big like day. and I also think I peaked a bit too soon. I peaked like emotionally at um, Mount Cook, so we voluntarily cycled there, and the, the choice was cycling there or 
you know, going in the van and I just couldn't think of anything worse than going in the van. And, you know, the weather was perfect and like as it is today, but it was just the perfect, perfect day. We drank Coca-Cola on the way back and yeah. got a real high. We went along the Meridian Energy um, canal roads yeah. and, you know, could chat. And we were getting up some good speeds and it was just absolutely like top of the world. You know, we realised what we were doing was once in a lifetime and then... <clears throat> Unfortunately, gore happened, <laughs> as it did last year. And it's called it's gore, gore bloody itis. terrible. <laughs> it's actually, it's weird. It's gore-itis happened. It happened, oh, it was probably late in the camp last year. It but was the second to last night. Yeah, yeah. but um, we seem to struggle there. But they've got a nice pool, all extremely Pool's friendly. Good. We have yeah. a great buffet dinner there. I mean, it rains, always. Yeah, it rained both years. Can't see um, anything. But yeah, the vibe yesterday... Uh, compared to today, was completely <laughs> different. However, the yeah, yeah. funny thing was, I went back to my room. up Today was an epic day, so we went to Milford Sound, oh. and uh, you put it, for most people, it's probably going to be the most scenic bike ride they're ever going to do in their lives. And the fortunate thing for a lot of the athletes is most people are never going to be able to do this ride because it's normally filled with buses. So uh, very fortunate. And after this ride today, I went back to my room. I thought, oh, maybe I've, I've already got a, a route planned out for next year's camp. But I sort of plotted a few routes down south and just started joining some dots together. And Gore still made the cut. Oh, <laughs> it's still, it was like, it was like, it was like a magnet. I'll like, give you a hand with your itinerary, yeah. John. <laughs> um, but Gore, I think it must be super cheap well, or something. Yeah. I don't know. It just there's not much else out there, and it's it's a sort of a little hub. But okay, um, in term, we've only got two days to go. But in terms yeah. of for you, you know, highlights so far, and maybe contrast how knackered you are now compared to sort of the same stage last year yeah I mean it's really interesting like I think um you know it's pretty well documented the relationship between your mind and, and your body and just the ability that your mind has to control your body like right mm. now if you ask me to run like 30k 100 percent, mm. no worries I'll mm. do it Mm -hmm. Right now, if you asked me that yesterday, I probably would have cried. Mm. And I don't think it's because my body has changed at all, but just, uh, you know, like if you feel positive, mm -hmm. yeah, you can do you can do anything, right? Like A bit of sun and a bit of scenery certainly helps yeah, as well. absolutely. Mm. I think that's why we don't go back to Gore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in terms of how your body's feeling now, you know, where hurts and... Uh, no, not, nothing. Nothing? No, nah, I feel good. Yeah. I feel like better than I started and I think this is what happened last year as well is like we realised we actually got fitter during the camp mm. mm -hmm. you know like, like your body just learns that that's yeah. the new normal Yeah. Um, but I was talking to someone Hamish actually on the way back from Milford today about the importance of giving your body some downtime when mm -hmm. we get back right mm -hmm. so you can push and push and push and nine days that's fine but um, but yeah afterwards we will need to chill out for a bit um, yeah. not to continue operating at this ridiculous and the final thing I've got for you is is just your energy levels. Like uh, my wife Belinda said to you yesterday when you were a bit down, she's saying, mm. Nick, you can't be down because you're our energy yes, and you feed other people's energy. Uh, I said I left, I left my energy in gore. Yeah. <laughs> is that just your natural personality yeah. or do you just, do you, yep. do, when you give other people energy, do you get it back? I'm an extrovert, right? Yeah. Like, that's how it goes. Yeah. And I think, um, okay, so we're talking differences this year to last year. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we did some analysis last night. So there's a lot more couples mm, this year. Definitely. So that changes the dynamic, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, so probably less socialising this year, mm -hmm. which for an extrovert like me, I think that's probably why I wanted to go home. Yeah. Because yeah. I wasn't getting 
you mm-hmm. know, the connection, right? Mm. Because everyone's got a connection that they don't need one from the camp. But also one really positive from this year is we get double nights. Mm. So like this is our second night in Tianao. So mm. we've spread out our stuff. Like we have yeah. all made a, you know, massive mess in our rooms. And we know that the same is happening in Queenstown, you know, we yeah. get the two nights, and that's been phenomenal. So on Maramara as well, we had two nights, mm. and it's amazing how quickly something feels like home, mm. you know. And so I'm definitely a big fan of the two nights. I think I think most people would, would yeah. say that, and surely logistically that it's a is, lot is easier. A so la- last year, for for those maybe new listeners, we did a point to point camp. We did the length of the South Island, which meant. I think it was 10 days, moving every day, new motel, hotel every day. And yeah, it it becomes a bit tiresome for everybody. But it's a bit different when you've got a mission and you know you're going from point A to point B. Um, But this year has been logistically a little bit easier. And uh, I think you guys appreciate it. So looking forward to what you do over the next couple of days. Hashtag girl power. Bloody hell, man. You're smoking the guys, um, which is great to see. Never been seen before in Epic Camp, but I'm loving it. And uh, keep up the good work. Cool. Thanks heaps, John. Okay, next victim was one of our late sign-ups. He only signed up maybe two weeks before the camp. We had a couple of withdrawals with injuries and uh, COVID-related stuff. Not having COVID, but being sort of locked down. So tell us your name, where you're from, and just a little bio on yourself, Dean. Okay, um, Dean Galt from Wellington. And um, been mucking around with the Ironman thing for the last eight or nine years now. Mm. And, uh, yeah, hooked on it, love it. And... um, the epic camp came about. Uh, John Hancock had a crack at me. Um, I followed his blog last year and loved it, and was very envious of it. And then um, he had a crack again this year, and uh, I had a meeting in Auckland for two days, right in the middle of the camp, and I really needed to attend that. And that got canned, and uh, I thought it was, that was gone for this year again. And I uh, went into the bike shop to see Shane, and he goes. Uh, couple of spots opened up on the camp yeah so uh yeah sort of a couple of emails to bon, yourself bon, done. <laughs> sign off from the wife and yeah. uh yeah let's into it and tell us a bit about your background you've got an interesting sort of sporting background so i've heard i haven't heard it from the horse's mouth yet but but in terms of your tri performance you've been in it for a while but what's your sort of general background um yes uh, badminton was my sport and um sort of started quite late really um sort of first year at college um, it was the first time I picked up a racket, um, but things uh, sort of developed pretty quickly. Uh, a really good coach got hold of me really early, and uh, within working with him for five years, I made the New Zealand men's team. Mm. Um, so um, that was in '88, and uh, was in the squad of six for Commonwealth Games in 1990, which you know, home Commonwealth Games. So I was really, oh, really nice. keen to yeah. play. Um, but only uh, five got selected, yeah. Um, so I missed out. But um, we were world champs straight after that, and um, started chasing um, Olympic points. So I managed to uh, finally qualify for Barcelona. And it was the first time badminton was an Olympic sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, it was my first real major competition. Got absolutely annihilated <laughs> first round in both <laughs> events. But um, yeah, that sort of um, started a, a good career. Um, carried on, played com games in Canada in '94. Lost in the quarters to the the guy who went on to win it from Malaysia. Yeah. Um, beat the top Aussie on the way through, so it was, it was, I was pretty happy with that. And then '98, uh, I was captain of the New Zealand men's team, and we won a bronze. So nice. uh, it was a good way to sort of bow out. 
uh, I sort of ch- chased that sport. Uh, winter in Europe, winter in New Zealand for uh, for uh, close to ten years. How do you get by as a badminton player? You know, we know that in triathlon, it's pretty bloody hard for pros to make a living. Back then, in the sort of eighties and nineties, um, how did it work? Um, yeah, it was pretty much um, you, you'd go away, you'd max max out the credit card, <laughs> um, and, and come back and work for a few months, yeah. um, pay off the debt, and then go again. Um, Sports Foundation was around in those days. Um, I had all my varsity fees pretty much paid by the Sports Sports Foundation, and we used to get a wee bit of funding. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still an amateur minority sport. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a lot of parent support, yeah. um, for sure. And uh, what, what do you do now? And, and what did you sort of do through varsity? And what do you do now? Uh, yeah, we went, uh, went to varsity late, um, but mainly because I was um, chasing the badminton career right, right, you know, sixth form, seventh form. Mm. Had the choice of going to uh, world champs or sitting bursaries. So yeah. I took the world champs. Um, but soon realised that definitely needed education behind me. Yeah. Um, so I went as a mature student, which was quite good because I knew I was, what I was there for. Yeah. And I was still uh, juggling um, but badminton, so I did four years and uh, came out with a major in accounting and um, ended up working at KPMG for three or four years. And uh, they were a great employer. I uh, transferred up to Auckland because uh, badminton was all based in Auckland. And... Um, and then my father, always been in the grocery game, was opening a, a pack and save from from new. Um, he started in a four square New World, and uh, I thought I'd go give him a hand. So, uh, so massive career change. Yeah. Um, so I did ten year apprenticeship uh, uh, with him, and then uh, he brought him out in 2010, and been in the pack and save games since. We love pack and save because they <laughs> sponsor one of my races, which is great. Um, and in terms of your Ironman performances, give people a bit of a, a, a scope of where you're at. You know, you had a pretty handy time at Ironman New Zealand, finishing second in your age group. So sort of run down your sort of Ironman stats and, and maybe a little bit about how much training you can do when you've got, you know, your own your own business. And I imagine it's fairly hectic, especially the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, so what, what does training look like in, in, a, in a week look like? Yep. Um yeah, just started off wanted to do an Ironman and then uh, yeah, the competitive bit came in and started chasing time and uh, signed up to a, a coach or a few coaches um, but uh, then I really decided I wanted to chase that Kona dream mm. um, so signed up with Bevan McKinnon in uh, 2016 and um, about a month after signing out with him my mum died mm. um, so it sort of gave me a different focus um i just poured everything into ironman mm. um for for the next four or five months and um managed to have a, a reasonable race in really tough conditions in 216 but um got a qualifying spot and um learned a lot from the first time in kona um did a 10 10 uh, wasn't overly happy with that and uh, went back the following year and that's probably the best shape i've been in and that was uh, 218 and did a 934 there um, nice and came back and um, did a good New Zealand Ironman off that um, 9.29, so that's my PB. Yeah. And I've uh, been getting a bit slower since then, unfortunately. <laughs> but ha- haven't been in the same shape. Um, typical training week, um, sort of um, sort of around that 12 to sort of 15 hours yeah. um, at the moment. Um, closer to Ironman and getting the big rides and 
and the long runs um, sort of gets up to about 20 hours, 22 hours. But after that, um, family work start to suffer. So, and how do you how do you fit that into your into your week schedule? Uh, every morning, early mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep, swim three times a week. Um, but yeah, yeah, up at 5:30, um, pretty much um, seven days. Mm. Um, get that hour, hour and a half, and um, before work, um, and um, normally finish work four, four thirty-ish, and, mm-hmm. and I like to train straight, straight then before dinner. Yep, and then it's all family time after that. That's um, right. So three teenage boys, so that they're, they're full on. But they all into their own sports, which is it's really cool. And so you, you'd obviously followed the camp last year with the Mountain Snail and his uh, fantastic blog. So if you guys want to listen to or go and look at blogs on epiccamp.com, there's a little link there to a bunch of the campers. And Mountain Snail John Hancock's usually um, fairly entertaining, and you've probably heard him on the podcast several times, or you heard him last week as well. So you kind of probably knew what you're in, in for. You know, what, what, what are your objectives coming in? Everyone says on day one, I'm not here for the points, I'm just here to do completion. But what, what when you rolled in, what were you sort of thinking? Um, yeah, it was pretty much completion. Um, it's a long camp, and um, there's some really long rides. Um, sort of coming into um, this, my sort of longest ride it was uh, four hours, um, and um, pretty solid sort of training block. F- um, so it wasn't too bad, but uh, carrying a few extra kilos, mm. and um, you know, just been through lockdown. Lockdown's really busy at work for me, so mm. training goes on the back burner. So. Um, um, so I was a wee bit underdone, to be fair, mm. um, and I've been pretty sore on different days. Mm. But um, yeah, I've done a few of the extra bits. Yeah. But, um, I've looked at the points a few times. But, yeah. Uh, there's a few clear standouts. Yeah. And we'll just let them go, and uh, <laughs> we'll just make sure we finish the camp well. Nice. Um, and have you found you know the patience and, and the efforts pretty hard, or has it been more of a endurance test for you? Um, no, you can definitely uh, um, push it as hard as you can. Mm. Um, I've really uh, swimming is probably my least favourite, but um, you know um, the elimination race there it was uh, it was huge fun. <laughs> really enjoyed that, and you know the competitive bit comes out in everyone, and uh, you push a bit harder. Um, same on the five hundreds um, with the running. Mm. Uh, pushing pretty hard. You seem yeah. to do pretty well across the board in all the sort of handicap events. You're normally sort of in the top three or five, aren't you? Um, yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah sort very of solid. There or thereabouts. What's been the highlight so far for you? Oh, the ride today mm. um, to Milford Sound. Um, even uh, the the ride, um, we did an extra ride to Mount Cook. Uh, we got a stunning morning and mm. um, yeah, some um, places I've never been and um, the scenery is just absolutely amazing and uh, yeah we've had a great bunch um, for all the rides and um, it's just been a lot of fun so far, uh, well organised, uh, food's been awesome, aid stations, um, yeah, fantastic support, uh, you just turn up and, and, and do the business. Two more days of turning up so awesome, thanks for coming along and uh, look forward to see what you can bang out for the next two days. Uh, cheers John, thanks. The joy of podcasting when things don't go perfectly. I did a nice little introduction about the next guest and none of it was recording because I had not turned on her microphone. Uh, so I was, uh, was running along today with my wife and today's guest Helen and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself, where she's from, 
background and uh, and then we'll sort of delve into a few things. So far away, Helen, where are you from? Um, I'm from the UK originally and I came to New Zealand 11 years ago. And when I arrived in New Zealand, I'd never done any triathlon. Um, but my partner said, I think you'd quite like triathlon. I'd done a bit of running. And there seemed to be quite a big triathlon scene in Wellington. And I pitched up at sort of did a novice event at Scorching Bay and liked it and thought, well, I'll try and do a, a longer one. And over the, ne- the course of the next few years, I worked up to doing Ironman. Um, I was very fortunate in my first Ironman, I qualified to go to Kona. I saw you wearing a Kona cap, <laughs> eh? Yeah. So it was a bit of a fluke. So um, after doing one Ironman, I said, right, I promise that will be the only one. But of course, then I had to, you know, keep going. I trained to go to Kona, which was great. And then um, I'm, I've kind of dabbled in other things since then. I've done quite a bit of cycling. I've done a lot of off-road running. I did my first ultra run this year. And I went back and did another Ironman last year and qualified for Kona again, but um, turned it down, fortunately, because uh, I don't think I'd have ever got there with COVID. Ah, uh, there's never any flukes when it comes to qualifying for, for Kona, because especially on the female side of things, there's usually only one or two slots in each age group. So I think you need to talk yourself up a little bit more. Um, okay, what brought you to New Zealand? Um, mm, that's quite a long story, (laughs) but (laughs) the short version is, um, I met my partner in Cambodia. We decided that, um, we didn't want to stay there. Um, she didn't want to, um, she didn't want to stay there. I didn't want to go back to the UK. So we kind of looked for somewhere else and we sort of said, "Mm, New Zealand sounds pretty good. And, um, I got a job that got us enough points to get in and Great. we came for a couple of, we said, we'll come for a couple of years and see how, you know, we yeah. like it. And 11 years later, we're still here. So very good. And what's your, what's your nine to five? Um, I now have my own business. Um, I'm an editor. I work for mostly government departments, NGOs, um, writing their documents for them in plain English. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So you came last year. Did you know what you were getting yourself in for last year? You know, you, you've been, we've had you rooming with the, the mountain snails a little bit on both this year and last year, uh, and I'm sure they've filled you in on previous camps, but they didn't know what they were getting themselves in for to a degree. So last year, you know, how did it sort of pan out for you? Last year, um, yeah, no, I didn't really know how it was going to go last year. Um, we did a lot of training and um, we all um, worked with the same coach, Gerard mm-hmm. Smith, and he d- did some great preparation for us. Um, but I found last year really tough. Mm. I mean, we weren't nearly as lucky last year with the weather and I mm-hmm. think that made quite a difference. But yeah, pretty much from day one, I got to the end of each day and thought, how am I going to get back on my bike again the mm. next day? So I was pretty amazed to get through the camp. Mm-hmm. And definitely last year for me was all about completion. It was mm-hmm. all about trying to get through all of the activities. And mm. as I said at the start of this camp, you know, I started the first day <laughs> at the bottom of the points list and I I never moved position. <laughs> I think one day we did 178k. I never even did the extra oh, 2k no. to like round it up to 180. Yeah. It was just like, am I going to get through this camp? So this year's been, yeah, it's been quite different. And how does how does your approach change when last year you don't know what you're getting yourself in for? 
this year you sort of know what you're getting yourself in for. Mate, yeah, sure, you're in slightly different shape, but how does that sort of change your outlook and, and how you maybe manage your efforts across the camp? Um, or does it not change much at all? You know, you're just <laughs> getting through day to day. I think, well, I think I wasn't nearly as nervous coming into, I, mm-hmm. I think I knew like, oh, I, I did survive last time. And also mm. I know quite a lot of the people here, mm. um, either because they live in Wellington or because I met them last year. So I knew that there were sort of people around my level mm. and, you know, I'd have people to ride with. And, uh, you know, I knew that we would get through it as a group. Mm. Last year I rode with the Gruppetto and it was just such an awesome group. Like we all mm. really looked after each other and I knew that, you know, that group would be here again this year and we'd, you know, we'd mm. get through it together. So, um yeah, I think I think that helped. Um and yeah, I guess just having trust and confidence in the training that we'd done and knowing mm. that we did something similar last year, you know, and it and it kind of got us through to the end. Um You me- you mentioned nerves before. Um I've never seen a group of athletes on Epic Camp as nervous as they were before the team time trial. Well, uh, were you? How did your team go in that? And did you guys sort of discuss strategies and tactics, or was it just sort of see what happens out there? I'd say probably our team had like zero nerves. Oh, everyone, <laughs> maybe I didn't see your team before you left. Everyone else was crapping themselves. We definitely weren't. No, no. Um, we we had a little conflab and we said, right, well, we'll just start steady and end steady and we'll do you know a few minutes each at the front and we'll just stick together as a group and we'll just get up this climb and that's what we did but having said that we were like last in the Mm. team time trial so maybe our tactics you know weren't the best I wouldn't recommend them to other teams but um yeah I think you know I think there's such a range of people at the camp, both in Mm. terms of their abilities and their outlook and what they want to get out of the camp. Mm. And um, I certainly think for me this year and last year, and I think probably for a number of the people in the group that I'm in, it's really about challenging yourself, having Mm. fun, sticking together as a group, helping each other Mm. and, you know, and, and accomplishing something and getting that sense of achievement. But probably a lot less about you know where am i on the point system and yeah yeah and what's what mode like tomorrow you're going to get up and we've got two days to go what's sort of motivating you when you get up each morning is it just getting a to b or you know and you were talking to my wife when we we're out running about different things motivate people in, in slightly different ways so maybe replay what you're saying i said oh we need a microphone here this is what we want to want to hear maybe replay a little bit of that and, and what sort of motivates you each day in terms of you know, getting the job done? Um, I think just the challenge of, you know, the activities. I mean, mm. individually, the things that we do here aren't that great, you know, mm. compared with perhaps some of the training that we've done. But when you put it all together, you know, cumulatively day after day, you know, it is, it's a big it's a effort. Mm. And so getting up tomorrow, you know, on what is it, day eight mm-hmm. and riding 165 kilometers to Queenstown and then mm. quick turnaround and a 10k run. I mean, it's mm. not insignificant. Mm. Um, I think it's just the, yeah, the, the, the challenge of it. And mm. um, knowing that along the way this year and last year, you know, there were 
really tough moments. Mm. Um, I don't think there were ever moments where I thought, I just want to give up and go home. Mm. But there were definitely moments where I thought, you know, can I get through to the end? Yeah. And this is quite dark. <laughs> um, and just knowing that you get, you do get through it yeah. and feeling quite yeah, accomplished at the end. You know, you've got mm. through a tough time and, and you take that with you. You take mm. that with you to other moments when... You know, you think this is tough and you can look back and think, you know, Absolutely. but I've, I've got through it before. I'll do it again. Mm -hmm. um, and the final thing I was going to just ask was about the, the great walks because uh, we did a 10K segment today of the Kepler track and you've done them all. Maybe just give us a quick pricey of your, maybe your top three favourite walks or runs that you've done in New Zealand. They, um, don't have to be, they don't have to be great walks. There could be any, any walks or running distance events. What we've started to do most recently is what we call fast packing. So um, it's kind of like a walk run. So we'll do the great walks or another trail, um, not necessarily in a day, but over a couple of days. So quite long distances carrying mm. minimum kit and mm. having maybe one night, you know, in mm. a hut. Um, that's really fun to do with a group of people. Um, mm. And we've got friends now who live in different parts of New Zealand and it's a great way to kind of catch up with them and all to do something quite mm. focused. So um, we did a fantastic trip for my partner's 50th on the Heafy track. It was a big surprise. She had no idea. Ah, we nice. chartered two planes and flew over to Karamea and she just like, what are all these people doing here? Yeah. Like my friends. And we spent uh, three days on the Heafy track with a group of yeah. 10 of us, cool. um, including some of the people on this camp. So yeah. that was that was really, that was a highlight. Yeah. Um, and then in January, we ran the uh, Tongariro Northern Circuit, which is 45K. We did that mm -hmm. in a day, on a day when they actually closed the Tongariro Crossing yeah. for bad weather. So yeah. we like got up really early and pushed through to get through before the bad weather hit. And that is a fantastic, fantastic mm. circuit. Really grunty 45K. Nice. Um, but yeah, they're they're all pretty awesome. I mean, the Kepler is amazing. Yeah, the Root Burn is fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. there's not really any shitty ones out no. there. No, awesome. Well, good luck with the rest of the two days to go, and thanks for coming on camp. Thank you, John. Right, the points competition on Epic Camp. We talk about it with uh, most of the athletes. Last year, I've got well, I've got last year's winner, Tom Anderson. Um, he'll maybe remind us where he's from and. Not currently in yellow this year, but uh, battling away. So, Tom, maybe just give us a, a one-minute background on where you're from and how you ended up uh, on camp here. Um, so I'm from Liverpool originally, back in the UK. Um, and I've been out here in New Zealand for about four years now. So I was in Wellington. Um, stuck with the Welly crew for the, the swim competitions uh, a couple of days ago. Um, I moved down to Christchurch recently. Um, and it's the last couple of years, got involved in triathlon. Um, so yeah, ended up on Epic Camp last year and kind of pushed far too hard <laughs> in hindsight, um, killed myself and ended up in yellow at the end of the day, which was a surprise and quite nice. Um, and came into this camp, probably not quite as well prepared, mm -hmm. um, not in the same shape and mentality was just get through. <laughs> yeah. Um, more than, more than go for the points. So yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a, uh, an effort so far um yeah new new job obviously brings new challenges and, and move and all that sort of stuff um maybe just contrast this year to actually before we do that you, you've you've 
you've dabbled in a whole bunch of other things. You bloody entered in God's Zone this year and you do diving and all this sort of stuff. So maybe just give us a bit of background on other things you've done before sort of triathlon. Um, so I played rugby and American football way mm-hmm. back when, which does not lend itself to endurance sports at all. Yeah. Um, and then moved on to uh, doing not a lot, to be honest, when I moved to New Zealand. Um, I'd done one Ironman just before I moved over here in mm-hmm. Wales which was a, a brutally honest course. Um, took about a year and a half after that. To you just must have pretty young then, if you did, were you sort of, because how old are you now? 25 when I did it, yeah. so I'm okay. 30 now, so yeah. yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, so since I've moved to New Zealand, kind of that's opened up the adventure sports, kind of mountain biking and mm. trail running and all the fun, adventurous, Tramping outdoorsy and, yeah. bits and pieces. Um, and then I've really enjoy diving as well and just generally being underwater mm. people can't talk to you there it's yeah. quite nice yeah <laughs> um and then um yeah so free diving's kind of the next step on from that spear fishing and yeah, yeah. It, it just all kind of rolls into things that i really enjoy doing so getting out and about it and is. this has been a, a really good chance to see a bit of the country that i've not seen before central mm. otago is just stunning oh, so i'll be amazing. back there yeah and Tom's got hairy legs. Mike, I've got hairy legs at the moment as well. And Tom has, well, I think we were threatening to wax them last year. I, I did actually end up shaving them uh, oh, for March, Tobo yeah. in March. And yeah. yeah, I felt really fast. You do. It is. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 once you, if you let them build back up again, you take it off, it makes a significant was, difference in feeling. It was all the stick I got on Epic Camp for yeah. having hairy legs. I was like, oh, fine, one race. No, <laughs> I felt <work>. good. <laughs> Uh, so tell us about your camp so far this year and what it's sort of felt like. You know, you said you're not quite as well prepared. Um, so what it sort of felt like day to day. Um, I think in not as well prepared and not certainly not spent the hours on the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, longer rides, uh, I think, coming into this. The longest ride I'd done was the PRL on Zwift, oh, which yeah. was one of the, the Canterbury Tri Club um, yeah. weekend or lockdown activities. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I've done a few kind of 100, 120k rides on the weekends, but yeah. they've been fairly sporadic. Um, so yeah, coming into this and doing day after day of 120 plus is it's taking its toll on the legs um, and and the ass. Yeah, <laughs> but you've um, you've still been taking on a fair fair whack. Uh, how many 200k rides have you done? Oh, just the two. Just the two. <laughs> oh, that's my get away my phone. Uh, just the two. And have you been taking on much extra running as well? No, no extra running. And oh. so you you mentioned earlier about um, difference between this camp and last year's. I think mm. there's definitely less time this year for mm. tack on. Um, yeah. For for better or worse, there was a lot more time to get a bit silly with it last year. And yeah. so um, you know there was a few of us who tacked on silly amounts of additional. Yeah cycling but also bits of running and uh, not so much swimming thankfully yeah. um, bloody covid sort of screwed our schedule a little bit over here but uh i think we're still getting the full epic experience uh and the yellow's probably out of reach almost now uh, it's, it's still hanging out there but we've got um kelly who's just crushing it uh and it's gonna she's gonna have to crumble yeah, I think from from day one, I was seven points behind. Mm. From day one, I was just like, uh, at that point, I was just all, all thoughts of winning kind of went out the window. Yeah. Seven points is a lot to make up. Um, yes. I put in probably a, a fair 5K time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, 
a very very optimistic <laughs> 400 swim time yeah. <laughs> so. so what he's talking about there pre-camp i get everybody to send in uh what i request is like their 5k max effort you know not triathlon time 400 max effort uh swimming time and ironman bike split and i use all that to, to calculate out all the handicaps and it, it always surprises me that a lot of people have no idea what their 400 meter time is for swimming they don't have too much of a clue a lot of ironman athletes like 5k balls to the absolute max effort what that is um they can obviously give me their iron their bike splits so sometimes the handicapping is not quite 100 percent, and i've got strategies in the next few camps to, to try to iron that out a bit if you're listening and, and you're keen to come uh so for you so far what's um what's been some of the highlights uh, whether it be scenic or, or just personal milestones you've ticked off um I'm trying to think. I tell you, Linda's pass was pretty awesome. Team T, Team TT. Although you got a bloody puncher going up there. Yeah, <laughs> but no, just the scenery going up that was was pretty epic, to be honest. Yeah. When I did manage to glance sideways in yeah. between gasping for air. Go um, through the McKenzie Company. Go go look at some of our pictures on the Epic Camp Facebook page. One one I don't know if you guys were noticing very much. I was just catching you up in the the the, the van. Was it yesterday? And near a place called uh, Clyde, going out of Clyde and into Roxburgh, and there was a climb there, and it's just it's just magical. This part of the country is sensational. It really, uh, yeah. I've I've spent a little bit of time down here, but certainly not enough. And mm. I'll definitely be back. And then, yeah, the Lake Dunstan um, bike trail. Oh, the run along there. Yeah, so the run along that was stunning you weren't necessarily in your happy place so no why why was that (laughs) it was it was about 29 degrees yeah and i do not deal well with heat (laughs) yeah um so yeah i was uh i was suffering from pretty much the first 4k yeah of the 25k run but made it to the end and yeah i'll I'll definitely go back i'll probably bike it next time though (laughs) yeah I highly recommend. I'm not. I don't. We haven't even talked about that yet because that was a couple of days ago. So yeah, it's a brand new trail in Lake Dunstan. Actually, I might have talked about it with Bevan on last week's show. Absolutely sensational. Highly recommend it. Uh, but probably recommend not doing it on a hot day. Uh, by the time we finished this camp, it was probably 39 degrees. But yeah, it was it was it was pretty warm when we were coming out of uh, coming out of winter. So objectives for the next few days. You know, what's we've got uh, three days to go. We've got a little bit of racing here and there. But you know, what do you want to achieve in the next three days? um so as you said yellow jersey is pretty much out of mm. reach at the moment short of me literally waking up and <laughs> jumping on a bike and not getting off it until seven o'clock at night yeah um so yeah just enjoy it um yeah. we've got milford tomorrow which is going to be epic um mm. i've been through there a couple of times before and it's it doesn't matter what the weather's doing it's always mm. incredible um and then through to queenstown for a few surprises which mm. is going to be interesting um challenging I think there's a, a park run in there potentially well there was but <laughs> park run's not operating in new zealand at the moment so that's off the agenda unfortunately but yes that's been replaced with something oh. pretty pretty challenging so awesome uh, i'm probably the only other thing yeah you, you've got some different challenges uh, coming up this season maybe run people through what what you've got in store because uh, one of them's a rather long event yeah, so the only two I've got booked in at the moment are Suffer, which is a, a really mm. good event up in Rotorua. Um, so I've done that for the last three years. Um, hopefully that one goes ahead, but mm. again, COVID may scupper, scupper that one. Um, and then March is God Zone, which mm. is terrifying. So that's a, a nine-day adventure race that's run here in New Zealand. Um, they're in their 10th year now. 
the only information we have to date is that it's a southern traverse which means mm. either east to west or west to east coast and mm. the start location is Wanaka which doesn't fit either of those <laughs> so <laughs> yeah um the rest of it is yeah maps get released the day before and you plot your route and it's up to nine days of racing so and how, how do you go about finding teammates is it just mates or are you sort of reached out to different people you know because you've got a I don't know, you don't have to, but you it's you kind of want to know who you're going into these, these battles with. Yeah, so one of the um, guy that I know within the team, um, I've done a lot of triathlon stuff with him up in Wellington, mm-hmm. um, Steve. And so between oh, another guy that he raced with last year and then struggling to find a, a female. So you need mm-hmm. um, the team makeup has to have a female member in it for mm-hmm. you to be ranked as part of it. Um, so yeah, just trying to find someone who's stupid enough to fit mm. into the team. I think personality <laughs> becomes quite a large chunk of yeah. whether things are going to work or not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully we've found the, the right fit for that. Nice. Um, we'll go on a few missions beforehand and see where everyone's yeah. breaking point is. Yeah. Excellent. Bring them on Epic Camp. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, mate. You're doing great. Uh, keep up good work and uh, we'll see you at the end of camp. Cheers. Okay, like well, I think most of the people you've heard from so far, I think, have been epic newbies. I think a lot of them have been. But we've got uh, a man who's an epic vet now. He's did the camp last year, also did the mini camp. So he's getting to know the strategy a little bit. He's also was the, the local hometown hero today when we left Gore and came into Tiana. So Hamish, I don't hit the wall, has not hit the wall yet. So welcome back, Hamish. Thanks, John. Um, okay, so fill us in on, on how camp has panned out maybe for you so far and also maybe contrast it to last year. Now, we had a slightly different crew here last year um, in the sort of the, the front group, so maybe run us through how things have panned out for you so far. Um, so this year, um, the, it's fair to say the intensity on the front group and the bike's not quite the same mm-hmm. as last year. Um, we're still hitting the hills uh, pretty hard, but... Um, there's only one TT bike in the front group today, or mm. front group. So um, that means that we're not really generating the same pace we did last year on the on the on the flats. Uh, mm. So the pace hasn't been quite as brutal. Um, <laughs> it, even even so, you've still got to spend that um, amount of time in the saddle, no matter how fast you're going. So that's uh, that's still um, you know proves challenging. But um, yeah, no, it's been it's been a it's been a really good camp. It has a different dynamic to it with um without going from point to point, mm. um and spending a couple of days in uh, in different places probably helps um, everyone recharge a bit 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 easier than than uh, last year. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, and just to remind listeners just a little bit about yourself. You know, maybe your your age group and and your background and and sort of roughly your your current racing speed. Um. Yes, I'm getting old. I'm in the uh, in the sort of forty to what is it over to forty five age yeah. group now, unfortunately. Um, but um, that's okay because I seem to be getting uh, faster. Um, my um, previous background, I started um, I triathlons about ten years ago, um, and was uh, quite significantly faster at, at running. So I got into ultra marathons for a long time, mm. and I've actually uh, ran the the Kepler race three times, which um, we're down in China, which is where the uh, the Kepler starts from. Um, and I did most of the ultra marathons throughout um, New Zealand and Ultra Trail Australia. And then um, as my body started dis- disintegrating, uh, mainly my calves and Achilles, I um, started cross training a bit more and got into triathlons um, seriously a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, more seriously sort of in the last um, uh, six months, 
Mm. Um, and you know, you, you seem to be a bit of a hound for punishment. So, what 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 was the motivation to come to to the camp? You know, um, was it sort of more for the experience, or was it more for race prep? You know, what what is it sort of appeals to you? Given you've you've done sort of it's your third one in twelve months. Yeah. So this one's all about the race prep. Yeah. Um, so I have this coach. His name's John Newsom, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he's got me got. He's got me riding to power, cadence, and then on the run to um, heart rate and um, speed uh, consistently in steady states with all my different zones. Um, so I've put that in place in this in this camp. So it's a, it's a lot different for me. I'm not really um, chasing the points because endurance probably isn't my issue. I'm wanting to go faster is. Um, so I've just sort of had little mini objectives that I've been working on yeah. throughout the camp, um, which I've really enjoyed. So whether that's increasing my cadence in the bike or you know doing a, doing a, a longer steady state run, um, that's that's been really good. Um, so yeah, you get you get what you want out of the camps. Whether you want to you know chase the points and go for extreme mm. endurance, or alternatively you just have little mini projects throughout each day and um, mm. set objectives and different goals, which um, has been really enjoyable and probably the main difference from um, what I was doing last year. So for you, you know, um, the the neck of the woods we're in at the moment, you you'd know some of it, you know, and you, well, you know some of it very well. Um, day six so far what's been the highlight for you um it's the the bike into Tianao is um something i've been wanting to do for a long time mm. um i just never want to do it by myself um i spend all my christmas holidays down here um so finally ticking off that bike was um exceptional um tomorrow um we're obviously doing the um ride from milford back to Tianao. Mm. Um, i was lucky enough to do a race um in february um, from Milford Tiana, which was just um, spectacular, probably the um, best race or best um, bike I've ever done. Um, started Milford and biking through the home tunnel. We're doing the opposite way tomorrow, but um, mm. yeah, if, that's gonna that's that's gonna be amazing. If you want to know what we're talking about, just just Google Milford Sound, and uh, you'll see some of the pictures, and you'll you'll understand why we're we're sort of in this pretty amazing part of the country and. You know, it's it's a pretty sad story here at the moment because of COVID. There's no tourists here. We're in a in a town that is basically almost 100% a tourist town, and there's next to nobody here. So sad for for that side of things, but but good times for us because normally we would never be able to do these rides as just buses going up and down these uh, these roads. So we're feeling feeling fortunate, whilst at the same time uh, feeling sorry for the for the local operators. Oh. Um, yeah, some of the some of these newbies just wouldn't appreciate how quiet it is in Tiana oh, um, today. Just in in summer uh, pre pre COVID, it's just places just just heaving. Yeah, um, I've never seen it this quiet ever. It's just um, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and what's been the most difficult part of the camp for you so far? Um, oh, swimming's always challenging for me. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody team! We did a we did a relay last night. So we, we on the on the camp we've got quite a few from Christchurch or then our region's called Canterbury. We've got quite a few from Wellington, and then we've kind of got the, the, the all the others, and we split them into teams. Team Canterbury was abysmal. Yeah. <laughs> they got their pants it, pulled down. We did. So sw- swimming's been a bit of a challenge. Yeah, it's just the um, doing a lot of those intervals at sheer speeds that I'm not used to doing. It's just mm. torture on the on the shoulders for me, and I really noticed it on the bike today. I was in, I was in agony the last 20 k's. <laughs> um, so there's not there's not too much um, swimming left, um, hopefully. Uh, final thing I'm going to ask you is just some of your mum's specialities. We rolled into Gore this year and last year, and Hamish's mum turns up with like a flipping 
box of uh, uh, of creations, uh, some of them sort of local specialities. So r- run us through some of the gore specialities. Uh, yep, so number one, of course, is cheese rolls, uh, otherwise known as Southland Sushi. Um, <laughs> these, these various ways of making them. <laughs> so so w- run through what's in a cheese roll. Obviously, it's a cheese and it's a, it's a yeah, roll. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a high-carb high product. Um, <laughs> white, white bread, um, cheese, and then a bit of um, onion onion dip. Nice. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's that's number one. And then number two is the oddly named mouse traps. Uh, so again, that's on white bread, <laughs> uh, and then based with cheese, and then layered with marmite and a bit of bacon on top. Nice. Uh, and then uh, number three is what um, that's more my mum's creation, which is these uh, mini pizzas she she makes. Um, which is basically everything you can imagine on a little 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 mini pizza. Nice. Um, and, and it's for extra punishment. I, I make her do a, a keto version for me and, and set it up <laughs> every few months for my lunches. We're going to have to uh, make camp divert through gore every year, I think, the way we're going. Awesome. Um, okay, uh, anything else about the camp so far that's um, been, yeah, interesting or no i don't think so i mean i'd encourage anyone that hasn't been on a camp before to um definitely try it um you've got mini camp coming up in april and that's definitely something that um if people are thinking about doing it that it's a good mm. good sort of foot in the door um you know not not too challenging in comparison to the to the long camps but um yeah it's definitely an experience you'll never forget and you you make a lot of new friends and um yeah it's something something that you'll you have memories memories for years years mm. about Awesome. Hamish, we hope you do not hit the wall. Thanks for your time. Thanks, John. You never thoughts on Epic Camp, John? Uh, it was a good time. So some of those interviewees, just a little scan through. And so Mike Hansen, he was known as the, the mad butcher. He was, uh, when people do these interviews, you know, they're often a bit nervous and yep. their personality doesn't always come across. He was an entertainer. He was just, uh, he's just a <laughs> crazy guy. At, um, we finished the Remarkables Triathlon and... He just wanted to go for a carry on running. So he was running around like the ski field, no extra points or anything, just wanted to go exploring. Uh, absolutely cooked, um, but he still just was cruising around. So he was good value. You heard from Nick Hankinson. She took home the yellow jersey. Dean Gelt was a late sign-up. Now, all these interviews were taken on when we were in Tiana, which was probably about day seven or so. Um, and then you had Helen, Tom Anderson, who was last year's yellow jersey winner, and Hamish, I don't hit the wall. So unfortunately I didn't get any interviews at the end of the camp, just last two days, didn't have any spare time. So that was a little bit of a shame, but the last few days, athletes loved it. Went home, bunch of happy campers. Good stuff. And so the next camp that potentially will happen will be Kona, but you'll be doing New Zealand again next year? Uh, I'm doing a mini camp in New Zealand in April, so that's about a five day. It's going to be amazing around the, the Southern Alps, so if you want to get on board with that, go to epiccamp.com. There will be a camp next October. Haven't got the venue confirmed yet, but I've got a couple of different options that I'll, I'll look at. But yeah, the next main one will be April, so Kiwis, get on that. There is just a few spaces left, uh, and then maybe Kona at the end of May, subject to what? the hell happens with travel out of New Zealand Good times more importantly on. back into New Zealand well, we're going to do Wanger of the Week but let's just use the top six because obviously <laughs> they're epic campers so who, who took it out so this uh, last week when sixth place Mike Hansen who you just heard from 36 hours 41 minutes Rachel Cunningham 38 hours and 2 minutes Gail Harvey Haywood 38 hours and 14 minutes Nadia Hinton McLaren 39 hours and 1 minute Helen Bradford 40 hours and 54 minutes who you heard from uh, just earlier on and taking it out with 41 hours and 22 minutes was Tracy Barr
Nice work. And that's only seven days of the camp. The camp was ten. nine days of oh, activity, nine. ten days of sort of being on camp. Uh, longest distance there was Mike Hansen with 867 Ks. Solid work, Mike. That is solid. It's a lot of training. Okay, let's do your swim set. John's swim set. Just went it down, busted down the pool again this morning. Uh, 400 warm up, two 100 IMs to get the arms moving in different directions. Six 50s, 25 fast, 25 easy for each 50. And then we did a building pace set 500, 400, 300, 200, 100, progressively getting faster. So the 500 pretty easy, the 100 pretty fast. 100 easy. And then six 100s to send one to three, four to six. So that was uh, means you're going sort of steady, moderate, hard for 100 of each. And then you repeat that cycle, having about 10 seconds rest. And then warm down. I think it was 3.2K, something like that. That was that. Good times, good times. Okay, let's say thank you to our patrons. For the people who are patrons, we've got, you go first, John. Paula, a wave crasher, Ryan. We've got Sam, the wild one, Wolves. And Ed Unbreakable Schmidt. Okay, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to Uh It's pretty obvious once you get to the webpage. It just supports the boys and what we do. We give you a gift. You go and draw to win some cool prizes. And you help to get us a corner every couple of years. Also, if you want to get the show emailed to you, it's the bottom of the front page. Put your information in and I just email you each time we release the show. For coaching, coachjohnnewsome.com. For Epic Camp, epiccamp.com. Uh, for my podcast, bevanjamesisleshow.com or bevanjamesisles.com and other content, cool websites, age group of the week, anything else, imtalkpodcast.gmail.com. So what's your other goss? Any other goss? I uh, just want to give another plug to Morton. If you want to get some free samples, if you're in the EU or in the States, go to our Facebook page or go to last week's or the week before that show. Or even just go on the front page. Front page? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I put the link in there, so let me have a look. So go in there and you get yourself two free samples of those gels. One of them's a caffeinated, one's a non-caffeinated. Uh, get on there, get a sample. If you're anywhere else in the world, um, click on that link and you'll find the discounted rates. Love the product and uh, worked pretty bloody well for me so far. I went up that climb in the Remarkables pretty damn well and just love the consistency and flavour. So yeah, if you click on, if you go to imtalk.me, on the front page, we've got, if you kind of scroll down a little bit, we have our sponsors, there's a link there, and that will take you to the link where you can get the, the free samples. Other than that, Bevan, we got home on Sunday, today is Tuesday, um, so Monday was catch-up day, and Tuesday is going to be podcasting and then clean out the garage today, because I've got about 30 boxes of various different bits and pieces that need to be packed away. <sighs> and The mighty unpack. Here's the thing when you go away on holiday, I know it's a bit bigger than a holiday, but when you go from holiday, mm. you get home, next three or four hours, they're unpacking, sorting your life out. Yeah. When you're done an epic camp, I can't even imagine. It is full on. So not much else happening in the world this week. Well, now it's events coming into event season and you're sitting here going, what the hell is going to happen in the next week or two? So it's a tricky okay, time. What about your race? What's that? Well, my next race is at the end of November and so it's just... It's really hard. So yeah, have really some hard. sympathy for event organisers because you're sitting here and you can't plan anything. You, well, you can. You well, Taupo 70.3 has been called off. Sorry? Taupo 70.3 or Topol. Topol 70.3. The Queenstown Half Marathon's been yeah. can. So fingers crossed. Did we talk about on, a while ago, did we talk about the Ryan Hall trying to do the lift and the run? No. Oh, I my. don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so, so Ryan Hall, you know... The, the, he was a runner, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, he was basically America's top marathoner for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's probably a yeah. sub-210 kind of marathoner. I don't know exactly how fast he went. Well, now he's turned into this big bulky guy. Like, seriously, 
bodybuilder. Like, oh, not fat, like bulky. But bodybuilder. Right. Like, like, like you, you, when I saw it, because I saw yeah. there was a, like on Dig or something like that, it was like um, ex-marathoner tries to do. So what he tried to do, he tried to lift, I think it was 500 pound deadlift mm-hmm. and then run a sub five minute mile. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't do it. He, yeah. couldn't, he couldn't do it. Now, in his old days, he would have easily done sub five-minute mile, but... Done sub four-minute mile easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, just the size of the guy. Yeah, like... I'll, I'll, wait, you talk about something for a second. It can't be healthy. Can't be healthy. Today's weather report, if you're interested in Christchurch, it's a bit of a gloomy one. And uh, that's about all I've got, Bevan. Yeah, like... So like, how good was Ryan Hall? Let's pull up... Let's see if I can find his stats. He wasn't the one. Who was the guy? There was one guy that uh, tried to switch over to triathlon. Um, Marathoner. You don't get that a lot of that, do you? You get cyclists. Yeah. When I put Ryan Hall in, I get a bloody UFC fighter. No, I've got Ryan Hall here. See, look at the size of him. Yeah. He's a big dude now. Big dude. Yeah. Big dude. He's got into a, he's got into a strength training. Yeah. But when you get that big, you're not going to run that fast. So he had, yeah, he was a pretty skinny runner. Yeah, he's, he's a big unit now. He's 39. So look at that. So there's contrast. Here's when he was running. <laughs> no, this has got his running stats. 58 kilograms. Yeah. 127 pounds. So now I reckon he'd be probably 90 kg, maybe even more. Finished 10th in the uh, 2000. What's his fastest marathon? Uh, 2.04 at Boston. Oh, so, so here's 59.43 at a half marathon. And he got 10th at the Beijing Olympics. Okay, here it is. Here's this video. So... Here's the, oh, that's when he's trying to deadlift. So he does the deadlift, and he does. I don't think he gets it right the first time, so he has to do it again. <laughs> and so you didn't you, get the three lights. Well, yeah, because I think he tries, and then you know, and I, th- I think it was five hundred pound. I can't remember exactly how heavy it is, but it's pretty heavy. Yeah. And I don't think he gets it right the first time. If I can remember, let's okay. I'm showing it to John right now. Yeah, it gets, and he it kind of gives it an attempt, and he goes no. The bar is bending. That's just mental. Yeah, so, so he's already screwed because he's trying to give a tent. So he gets it up the second time. Yeah. Drop, lay out, falls <laughs> over, falls over, over and then tries to run a sub five minute mile. Now, look at the size of him now. <laughs> like if that's running at you, then get out of the way. He's a unit. Still looks good running though. Yeah, but yeah, in the end he didn't do it. I think he, he missed out by about 30 seconds. 30? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he wasn't Close. terribly off, but yeah. Um, yeah. 30's a lot over a mile. <laughs> You don't see a lot of that, you know. You know, you see, you know, you see athletes going to other sports, but not where they kind of completely transform their body. Mm. Um, so yeah, Imagine Fredino tried to do that. He is skinning. He's like a stick man. There's no way he'd be able to lift 500 pound. No, you know, almost, what's 500 pound? It'd be 200. And, oh, I've got no idea. I remember once I did when I was when I was my, when I was doing bodybuilding back in the day. I once did what was that? I did four eighty. I did 180 kg. Mm-hmm. So what's that pound to pound to? 500 pounds is 226 kgs. So I did 180, and that was, I thought that was pretty heavy. Now, the that's, world that's record. about 400. Did, okay, let's have a look at the lift world record. Lift world record. Oh, it'll be mental. It'll be apps. It'll be like yeah, a yeah. thousand. <laughs> so let's day. have a look. World record, 500 kg. Right. So they were lifting twice as much as what Ryan's lifting. Yeah, I was right. It's uh, 1,100 pounds. 500 mm. kg. Those guys ruin their bodies. Mm. Oh. I reckon I could probably do 50. <laughs> I could do nothing. Well, the problem is your forearm strength. Mm. You know, like, you know. <laughs> John's got really good there. On one hand. 
so we never goss. What, what about life moving forward? Life moving forward. Um, no, not really, Bevan. It's it's a epic, the cool thing about Epic Camp. It's a whirlwind, but you get out of touch with the world. And one of the yeah. coolest thing was COVID still all over the news in New Zealand. I know the rest of the world's kind of moving on, but we're not. Yep. Uh, and so every day it's like COVID announcement, COVID yeah, announcement. I said that to Joe last night. I was watching you as I was saying, I can't wait. There's no COVID on the news. And But when you're on Epic Camp, you just don't even know what's going on. Yeah. It's great. Go back to that world any day. Yeah, what about you, Bevan? What's happening? Well, what the exciting news is, the album's coming. Okay. Because we've started to get the song from the engineer. I sent, I sent Porno one of the songs every day. Uh, pretty happy with it sounding, John. Is Porno the engineer? No, Sound no, engineer. Porno's, Porno's an awesome musician. Right. Like, Porno's a rock star musician. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a pleb. Mm. And I've just kind of... I'm, I'm a pleb who's keen, mm. and I get shit done in life. I'm the guy who won't die for music in me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of that. Um, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm not mm-hmm. saying Sean is not that person, but talent-wise, I'm not talented as a musician. I, and mm. it's not me being insecure. I just know I'm not. It's something I work really hard at and, you know, I've developed some skills. Uh, Sean's talented. Mm. And uh, so we've, we've got the album coming through. Got the first song coming through. Really happy with the first song. Not quite finished, but Sean also has an interest in engineering. So I'm going to give him all the files so he can play around with them after the fact. But mm-hmm. yep, so so probably I'm gonna say realistically Christmas number one. That's what you say. No, I don't Christmas think it's gonna be. I think, I think realistically we'll start pushing in the new year because mm-hmm. by the time everything takes longer, you want music. Mm-hmm. You know, people just uh, you know it's all a bit casual, but crazy, but casual. There's mm-hmm. no urgency. Oh yeah, sure. I'll get it to you next week. Mm-hmm. Next week comes along. Oh yeah, next week. Nice. <laughs> oh great, mate. Great. So other than that, just life in the fast lane. It's life in the fast life lane. Oh, well. Fast lane. We'll be back next week. I'm Russ. I'm a dope. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.